This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Limewood Gospel Mission. I want to appreciate the name of God once more for this opportunity. We bless God for His mercies, for His love, for His protection. God is worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of everything we can ever attribute as an appreciation. He's worthy. Father, we want to bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for divine protection, for divine provision. Lord, we bless you. Ancient of this, we appreciate you and we ask that tonight you will reach out to us and teach us once more in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that your wisdom and your knowledge, your understanding, your power will supersede all that we can ever think or imagine. Help us, Holy Spirit of God, to come into full knowledge of what you are bringing us into in the name of Jesus. Okay, once more I want to welcome us as we dive in. Um, it's been a wonderful experience so far. God has helped us. Um, we started this journey uh, some weeks ago, but particularly we have been on, on a series and last week was the first in that series and last week we talked about the preeminence of Christ. Today we will take the part two and by God's grace next Sunday we will round up with that series before we go into further instructions as the Spirit of God will have for us. Okay? Um, today I want to talk a little about an introduction into the concept of alignment. Okay? Um, an introduction into the concept of alignment. So, Jesus, like we saw last week, is the preeminent one. And that is to say that in all beauty, in all essence, in all power and authority, in all of creation, both all that existed before now and all that will exist after now, Jesus is preeminent. He is seen, his handwriting is seen in everything. In fact, the Bible says that he is the light that lighted all men. It does not matter who that man is. He is lighted by Christ. Now, we are proceeding further in that um, series in what I have titled Worthy of Obedience. Um, obedience is actually the beginning of alignment. There are deep layers and steps in it, but I, I think from my level of understanding, um, I, I, I stand to be corrected, but I think that it all begins with obedience, primarily with obedience. Jesus himself was willing to lay down his life was willing to serve the deed of the Father, was willing to go through, in fact, the Bible recording it in Philippians, said, even unto the death on the cross. That is to say that, <laughs> that is to say that the death on the cross was a, 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 the height of the demeaning, you know, demeaning journey that the Christ had to go through. Even up to the death on the cross, he was obedient. Now, we ourselves must begin to consider Jesus worthy to be obeyed. Okay? We must begin to consider Jesus worthy to be obeyed. Making Jesus Lord of our lives must become a willing 
um, um, choice uh, uh, that we are going to pick, willing option we are going to pick, willing decision we are going to make. The Jesus must be willingly made Lord in our lives. Last week we saw how that he was, you know, exalted and given that position which Lucifer wanted and urged to get, but he couldn't meet up with the criteria and the demands of both righteousness and justice. And then he was deposed because he was going to usurp the authority. And so we saw how that Christ himself met all the claims of divine justice and he became the Lord. But that is in heaven, not in your heart, not in my heart. Every one of us, we are going to willingly make Christ the Lord in our heart, coronate him in our heart. The acknowledgement is going to be personal and unique. You remember what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It, it holds a very core revelation. It says that anyone who comes to God, you know, it said without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first of all believe that he is, okay, that God exists. And secondly that he, he, he rewards. Hold on. He is a rewarder. Hold on. I want you to take a moment and consider the idea of God being a rewarder. We must believe that God is and He rewards. That is to say that uh, uh, He is demanding service, but it's not um, a payment. It's a reward. If it were to be a payment, I can drag you to serve me whether you like it or not. If it were be, to be a salary, in fact, Apostle Paul deliberately demystified the idea, the difference between work and grace, law and grace. We didn't obtain salvation by work because if we did so, then we will be earning a salary. <laughs> but it is grace and say, it, 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 that, that is why it is a free gift of God and nobody can boast about it. So, God, He rewards. He doesn't pay salary. He rewards. Every man must willingly slave themselves to the will of the Father. Slave themselves to the authority of Jesus. It must come willingly. And all that is done by faith. Praise the Lord. So, this is a crucial foundation for obedience. Worship. The person you, you have deemed worthy you know, of your worship, that worth that worthiness, we must find Jesus worthy. And I think we are going to see that very soon. If you can turn with me to Romans chapter 2, we are going to read um, from verse 6 to 10. I think that finding him worthy is one of the reasons why people obey him or not obey him. Anybody who lives in disobedience is because he has not found Christ worthy to be obeyed. Okay? So, um, uh, let's just read quickly so that we can flow from that uh, point. I, I trust God that we will not make this too long tonight. Romans chapter 2, 6 to 10. It says that, For we know, I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, okay, I think I should, let me, just a minute, let me, let me read from the New King James Version. Romans chapter 2, verse 6. If you turn with me, okay? So, verse 6 says, okay, let me start from verse 5 so that we can get a clearer picture. But in accordance with your hardness 
and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up yourself for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jews first and of the Greek. But glory, honor, peace to everyone who walks what is good, to the Jews first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. Okay, um, there is a contrast between those who seek obedience and those who do not seek obedience. And I want to bring out something from that contrast. Um, in verse 8, he says that, describing the negative aspect of it, he says that there are those who are contentious. Um, um, English Standard Version will say contentious. He just says self-seeking. So these people, they contend with authority, not because the authority is wrong, not because the instruction is wrong, but because it is actually a self-seeking, a self-exaltation. And this is the premise upon which disobedience is, is reigned. Oh, the devil knew the trick to trigger the negative, um, um, the negative aspect of God's, God's will. And that was it's just as simple as rebellion. So when he pushed man in the Garden of Eden, it was not to curse God. It was not to, it was simply to rebel against the instruction of God. He knows that that was what happened in the beginning and he was pushed out of heaven. And when man also succeeded in rebelling against God, man was pushed out of Eden and indeed the will of God. And so anytime we contend with instructions, anytime we seek to exhort the self, this is what we gain. We begin to obey. Continue with me in verse 8. We, we decide that self-seeking is a decision not to obey the truth, but to obey unrighteousness. And so disobedience is predicated upon self-ownership, you know, self-independence declaration. That's where, what, where disobedience is, is, is founded upon. Every time we begin to exalt ourselves, every time we begin to claim ownership of ourselves, we deny the preeminence of Christ. We deny the existence of Christ in everything. He said he feels all in all. And that is the Christ. Therefore, that's the foundation. And so if we contrast that in obedience, you discover that a foundation for obedience is self-denial. You must discover and agree Come to terms with the fact that you do not own yourself and that there is one who is preeminent in all things and he is worthy to have your allegiance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we always get it wrong. We have found the Bible as a book of instructions and so we are struggling to keep the instructions. We have not found Christ worthy to be obeyed. If we, if you truly understood the lesson we took last week by the grace of God, and you understand the preeminence of Christ. 
and you understand the preeminence of Christ, then uh, you, you, you are going to willingly bring yourself down and give yourself to God and allow Him to flow through you, allow Him to roll on in you, allow Him to take every direction and every preeminence. Praise God. And we are talking about obedience to truth and righteousness. I mean as simple as obeying the instructions of the scriptures. We are always found guilty in this light. May God give us wisdom in Jesus' name. So, for a man to love obedience and give his life for him, for it, that man is going to seek glory and honor and immortality. Look at verse, verse 7. He says that he will give eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, they seek for what? They seek for glory, they seek for honor, and they seek for immortality. These three things are core. Because you, you wouldn't find the reason and the foundation, the, the justification to slave your life in a continued obedience. He said, patient continuance. You will not find reason to do that if you do not seek for these three things. Anyone who is going to give himself in total obedience knows that there is glory at the end of this road. Oh, praise God. Why glory? Because glory was the exact thing that man lost in the Garden of Eden. When man fell and creation rebelled against man, it was the glory that God put upon man, the essence of God that was removed. Man is still in the image of God, but he does not bear his likeness. He doesn't bear his essence. Man can, he, he, exactly how God looks and how the angels look and how all the features notwithstanding, but the glory, the essence, the power and authority that goes with the Son of God was detached. It was still in the process of being brewed, being concocted, when Adam truncated the, the, the experience, truncated the process. So, this is what anyone who decides to walk in obedience and alignment with the Son of God is going to achieve. You are going to receive back the glory. And so, anyone who seeks to obey God is actually seeking for glory. It's actually hoping that glory will come. And Jesus has this glory and he will give it. Remember what he said in Romans chapter 8 verse 30. He said to those whom he predestined, they were the ones he called and they were the ones he justified. And at the end of the day, what did he do? He glorified them. So we bear that glory in mind. Jesus also, you remember, that he did not consider the sufferings that was going to... He set his eyes on the mark. And so he de despised the shame. He bore the cross. Is that not what the scripture says? Praise God. So we must put our eyes on the mark and not care. Oh, um, Romans 8, 18 says that these sufferings that are all around us, it, it is not comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. Anyone who serves in obedience is seeking glory and there will be glory at the end. This is like the, it was what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. And so when you follow after the one who is the firstborn from the dead, you are reenacting that order. Remember, he is the firstborn from the dead. People are going to follow after him and become resurrected and ascended in their essence, following the order of the Christ. Praise God. And so, 
we are, we, are, we are bringing back to bear that order that was lost in the Garden of Eden every time we slave ourselves in continued obedience. May God give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Everybody who comes to Christ has died and risen with him um, in some sense, but in the sense of our journey, and I'm going to show us that very soon at the end, in the sense of our journey with God, there is still a long way through the tunnel of our death and burial to resurrection and ascension. And that is where we are all looking forward to. That when we get arrived on that day, we will hear us say, Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But you see, eternal life begins now. It's not just a thing of the last day. The glory, the, the reenactment of the order of the Son of God begins now. The, the raising of the glory of God and the addition of the essence of God upon man begins now. The second thing that anyone who is going to seek obedience is looking for is honor. Why honor? Honor because that is a promotion in the ranks of the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, promotion is by honor. True rank comes from authority. Of course, you 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 heard people say, "Let's give authority, uh, let's give honor." Sorry, to whom honor is due, and you see that the men they are referring to are all people of varied ranks of authority. Honor comes by authority, not by achievement. <laughs> you could get accolades by achievement uh, from achievement, but honor comes by the authority you bear, the title attached to your name, the essence that you carry. That is where honor comes from. Praise God. True ranking comes from authority, not power. Not power. Men of power are mostly feared and respected, but you see, their respect is is enforced. It is commanded out of a fear and um, uh, you know, a fear of repercussion. That's what power does. And so with power, we subdue kingdoms of darkness. But, but we are all Christians. And in our kingdom, we don't subdue each other with power. A kingdom divided against itself will not stand. In this kingdom, ranking is by authority. Power is against the opposing side. Authority, yes, also works against the opposing side. But we re recognize ourselves within this sphere by authority. And so, anyone who seeks men of authority are honored. Their record enforces the dignity that is placed upon them. So, anyone who is going to seek, you know, this life of obedience, having recognized the preeminence of Christ, is actually walking towards the path of honor. He has honor in mind that ah, there is a crown waiting. There is this the disguise upon my body. Apostle Paul was able to 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 declare and say, "Let no man henceforth trouble me, because I bear on my body the marks of Christ." So those marks are going to amount to something, and I tell you that they are gotten in the place of obedience. And the third very powerful thing he mentions there is immortality because of everlasting life. Now, immortality doesn't speaks of everlasting life. And, and, and personally, I have learned to compare everlasting life in terms of quantity. Everlasting. It is a life that never ends. And you are going to contrast that or compare that with everlasting death. Like we find in Revelation 21 verse 8 that all the and sorcerers and um, adulterers and all liars shall find themselves in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, which we are uh, uh, most commonly referred to as a hellfire. So, everyone who finds themselves on that negative path are in everlasting death. 
And he says that anyone who slaves his life to give, to give obedience and obeisance to Christ who is preeminent in all things, that man, that man, that man is going to find everlasting life, immortality, immortality, living forever and ever without the presence of death. Oh, praise God. Remember that Jesus holds the key of death. So, as we obey him, we are crowned with life. Holding the key of death, I always say, means that he gets to decide who dies the second death. <laughs> he gets to decide who dies the second death. So, the devil cannot decide over the life of an obedient man. Circumstances cannot decide over the life of an obedient man. Any man who slays himself to the obedient of Christ, who is the center and circumference of the kingdom of God, who is the administrator of the purposes of God, one of the things that man is seeking is immortality. Praise God. So, we seek immortality, which is life forever, without death. We seek honor and we seek glory. And all these things were taken from us in the Garden of Eden. Disobedience took it from us in the first time. Remember that God said, chase him out of the Garden of Eden, so that before they will eat the, of the tree of, of, um, of life, and then they will now live forever in this their fallen state. That is to say that man was going to eat of the tree of life eventually. He hadn't gotten there. God did not even restrict him from eating the tree of life. Of the tree of life. It was only the tree of good and of knowledge of good and evil. That's what he was restricted from. He wasn't restricted from the tree of life. Okay? So, man was going to eventually eat it and have immortality, but we fell. So, obedience will restore us back. See, friends, we cannot play with this aspect of our life. When the instructions of the Bible are is given, they are unpopular. They are difficult to the flesh. They are odd to the flesh. But any man who sets his eyes on the mark will slave his life to Christ, knowing that if he marks me good, I am good forever. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So he is the bearing of all the purposes of God. Okay? So, and so I'm going to end with this. He says that obedience can, this kind of obedience can only be done by patience. He said those who by patient continuance in doing good. Doing good will only amount to a sacrifice, will only amount to a, 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 a if we were to be in government, in government work, a pensionable labor. You know, when it is done in patience. And I begin to wonder why patience? Okay, there is need for perseverance in obedience. Okay, we must give the flesh reasons why Christ must be obeyed. And that is what we are trying to do in this series. Beginning from last week, we talked about the preeminence of Christ. And we have come now to talk about seeking after glory and honor and immortality. We must continually give the flesh undaunting reasons. I mean, very, very tight, strong, solid reasons why obedience must be enforced. Okay? Then we will persevere to slave ourselves to the supreme monarch of the universe. Knowing that his kingdom is not limited with patience. We will serve God. He will come and save. He will come and save you. You know, um, um, Isaiah lamented, Say to those who are fearful and weary-hearted, The Lord your God will surely come. He will come with His mighty arm, and He will come and save you. When we go through the tunnels of obedience, there is always the argument of, 
how long will this thing last? How long will this? Remember, uh, 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 twice in the book of Matthew, Jesus repeated that statement. In Matthew 10:22 and in Matthew 24 verse 13, he said, "All those who endure to the end, they will be saved." All those who endure to the end, they will be saved. And I keep wondering, why is he emphasizing that there is need for an endurance, not for the interim, but an endurance to the end? An endurance to the end. You know, the apostle also came up to say that, um, that you, should, you should strive that even after you have done all the good, you must wait that in patience you will receive the reward. And I begin to wonder, what is about this reward, what is about this salvation that has to do with long-suffering, that has to do with patient endurance? This is the will of God, that any man who comes to him will judge him faithful and have enough patience, believing in God and waiting for the promise. So, brothers and sisters, I, I want to beg us to give ourselves to obedience. Not just because God is a king and if you disobey him, he will strike you dead. Far from that. Much more senior to that. But because Christ is preeminent in all things. And when we slave ourselves in obedience, we are aligning with his ultimate sacrifice that exalted him to that position and we queue up ourselves. Amen. We queue up ourselves for the promotion and the upliftment for high ranking of God, for the blessings that go with obedience. Every time we show up in obedience, we are, we are, we are reenacting the order of the Christ. We are reenacting the order of the Christ. By God's grace, by next week, we are going to do an introduction into spiritual authority. And then I will show you that even Christ himself did not just go through this process but went through the exact same principles. Praise God. And this is the principles we are called to go through with. There is no one who will come to the Father except through Christ. Coming through Christ is not praying in the name of Jesus alone. Yes, that is true. But have you ever asked yourself, why is the name of Jesus more powerful in the, world, in the mouth of some persons? than in the mouth of other persons. In fact, some of us have been in dreams and you are shouting Jesus and they are still beating you. Until you now shout. In fact, you couldn't even shout the Jesus. They were pressing you. Even when you hear those testimonies in Luke as if the devil is so powerful. Why is the name of Jesus not strong in your mouth? You want to eat what Jesus is eating and enjoy what he's enjoying, but you don't want to suffer his suffering? No. The Bible talks about the fellowship of his suffering. Made conformable to his death. <laughs> so when you are looked upon at the end of the day, you are exactly like Jesus when he went to the grave and came up in resurrection and in ascension. How does that take place? It is through obedience. I pray that God will grant us wisdom and submission to his will. I pray that even when the voice of man has stopped to speak, that the voice of God will continue to speak. I pray that our hearts will be lifted up to Christ in continued obedience. Don't give up. Not giving up. Not giving up. Not giving up. Remember that eventually the final salvation will come. He said he will come and save you. He will come. 
anyone who endures to the end will be saved. There is a, a pending salvation. Because even the one you have now can be lost. May God give us wisdom and understanding in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we bless you for tonight. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God, for how you have led us so far. We thank you for your voice speaking to our hearts. We thank you for your words. And so we pray that you will take charge of this word and enable us to grow. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you very much, and we appreciate your time. And um, for those who joined us um, just recently, we were talking about worthy of obedience. And um, I said that is the introduction to alignment. May God give us grace in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. I'd like to see you next week again. Let's do this again. God bless you. Bye. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Living World Gospel Mission.